Tonight's episode is brought to you by First Cup Coffee Company. If you're looking for a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company, it all, you know, kind of has an awesome cup of joe to go along with that uh, wonderful reputation. You can check out First Cup Coffee Company. There's a flavor for every freedom-loving American. It ships within days of being roasted, and First Cup places the roast date on each bag. Go to firstcup.com, use the code STEW. You'll save an additional 10% off your order. And if you subscribe, you'll save an additional 10% for the life of your subscription. It's firstcup.com. The promo code is STEW. Stu does America. Get the election info you need with the State of the Race series available wherever you get your podcast under the Stu Does America stream. Also, check out youtube.com slash Stu Does America. You get this show every day for free. And also, our brand new Sanctuary City bit, which I think you're going to like quite a bit, is up on YouTube. And uh, it's making fun of Sanctuary Cities. You'll like it. Trust me. Glenn Beck is here to dig himself deeper in the hole over our new election bet which is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good party at the end of that one. Corey Bush is in some teensy, weensy, minor trouble with the DOJ. Who could have predicted something like that? Uh, well, we did uh, long ago, and we will give you the update on that. But we sure, we sure are going to start with the Texas border convoy. It's the biggest story, I think, right now. I mean, the border, I guess, is the biggest story, and the biggest offshoot of that story is the Texas border convoy. Uh, the convoy heading to Eagle Pass to rally against migrant influx and the Biden border handling. It's quite true. They, uh, the, it's called the Take Our Border Back Convoy is the actual official name of it. Now, Jason Buttrell, who, of course, has been on the show many times, uh, is out there trying to cover this. And, and he's looking at this for a future uh, documentary I think they're working on. And uh, he's been able to catch some of this. Can we, can we watch some of this footage? This is uh, Jason's footage um, from the uh, trucker convoy. And what you're seeing here, and it's, it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. You see some 18-wheelers uh, like this particular one going by right now. But then you also have uh, the trucks, the cars, the campers, the vans, the pickup trucks, the minivans. you got kind of everything. We don't have the sound for this. There's all sorts of beeping going on. I guess that's all you really need to know. People are cheering them on as they get closer and closer to Texas. And... It's interesting, I guess, to hear uh, all of this going on at the same time. Um, they are predicting that as they get closer and closer to their final destination, they will have a lot more that are, are um, you know, big tractor trailers. Right now, it's a mix. It's a mix of just regular people who want to go help out and say, hey, wait a minute. This is what's going on at our border. We need to point our direction, our, our interest in this direction. It's really vital uh, because if we don't get this problem solved, we are in major, major trouble. Take our border back. Convoy is expected to have 700,000 people to protest border crisis. They say we're just ordinary citizens, and that does seem to be how this convoy is built right now. It's people who just want to do something to try to stop this massive crisis we are having in our country right now. One that the president of the United States seems to have no interest at all in actually solving. Um, Texas Republican welcomes the protest uh, convoy to border as long as it's peaceful. This is Roger Williams. And actually, this is the same type of thing uh, Dan Patrick said on the radio show just the other day. We would love to have them there. you got to make sure they're, they're, they're peaceful. There's no signs that they aren't. But we got to make sure that they're peaceful. In fact, it's more than there's being no signs that they're going to be aggressive or violent. They are going to ridiculous extents at this point to show how 
careful they will be. Now, uh, you know, look, you got 700,000 people. It's really freaking hard uh, to keep everybody in line. But if you set that tone early and you push on it as hard as you can, you say, look, this is not something where we're, we're acting out. We're not throwing things at cops. We're not doing what, you know, the George Floyd uh, protests did. We're not doing what the January 6th pr- protests wound up becoming. We are doing this in a very calm and peaceful way. You can pull it off. I can remember a previous, you know, 700,000 uh, or so gathering in Washington, D.C. back in the day called Restoring Honor, where Glenn uh, in one of the things that Glenn did, which was really, really smart up front, I remember him saying it, and uh, I, at the time, I, I was like, well, well, I mean, why why bother with this? But he was totally right on this, which was, he said, don't bring signs. Whatever you do, don't bring signs. No signs on the property, please, I'm begging you. And he, you know, people listened, they didn't bring signs, but the, the reason for that was not because, I mean, 99% of the signs would be great. They would be uh, fine and, and I'm sure exactly the right tone, but that 1% of signs that people who went too far tried to be funny or said something sarcastic or said something controversial, that would be the higher extent of the coverage of the crowd. They would be pointed out by just those signs. And you're seeing you know, this type of approach very early on from the border convoy. I hope it holds up because it gets hard to keep that, uh, that passion uh, tamped down to a point where you can still be even a little angry. You can be a little upset. You can be hopeful for the future. You can be there to try to make the situation better. But one person steps out of line and this thing can go really wrong. Let me give you a taste of whether or how they're actually trying to do this, the steps that they're taking to avoid these types of problems. First, let me give you a quick clip of the interview from yesterday with Chuck Holton. He was there. He's on the site where all these convoy members are going to meet up outside of Austin. He's there waiting for them now. And he discussed you know, the ways that they're trying to avoid the problems that could overtake the message. Watch. They're not planning on blocking the roads. They're going to keep them from going right up to the border at Shelby Park in Eagle Pass because they don't want to interfere in any way, shape or form with the job that the National Guard is trying to do down there. And uh, so they're going to be meeting here in this parking lot behind me in Dripping Springs uh, and holding a rally and not causing trouble. Uh, and so they're, they're making it very clear to anybody who will listen that this is nothing like there, there's no violence plan. And they're actually uh, identifying and throwing out of the, of the convoy already agents provocateurs that are trying to weasel their way in from organizations like Antifa and other right wing organizations that would like to see something blow up. So they're doing everything they can to try to get that word out. As a matter of fact, to join the convoy, people have to agree to only uh, come here peaceably and to not engage in any kind of illegality or violence. Uh, And hopefully that will head that off before anything happens. Again, getting ahead of it is really, really important. We had one of the media media liaisons for this convoy on the show this morning, and she discussed what they're doing as well to try to make sure that, uh, you know, you don't have one bad apple that spoils the whole bunch. God is stoking this as, as a type of prayer and revival of we the people who love our country. And we, we want it to be just that. We don't want any violence. Anyone who wants to do anything physical, we, we don't welcome that. We, we ask you not to come. Uh, we are not a, an effort to go to the actual border or to any border wall entry points. This is a peaceful, lawful First Amendment prayer rally 
that's being held 30 minutes north of Eagle Pass in Kumado. Um, we're not even driving through Eagle Pass, and we're not engaging military law enforcement or any individuals that are entering our country. I mean, uh, what more can you do? Now, look, you never know what's going to happen with an event that could be 700,000 people. You just don't know. But I think setting this tone and saying in advance, hey, this is what we want. These are the people that we want there. Act this way if you want to be involved in it is the, the majority of what they can do. And they can continue to follow those guidelines themselves. It seems like they are so far. We don't know what the media is going to do. We don't know how the media is going to paint them. We don't know how the government is going to react to them. But all you can do is act, do the next right thing. Uh, be the person you want to be. And that can be something that can shield you from a lot of the bad consequences of people acting out, as we saw, you know, after January 6th, uh, certainly. Um, now, uh, there's a big article in The New York Times about how the border crisis shattered Biden's immigration hopes. An examination of the president's record reveals how he failed to overcome a surge in new arrivals and political obstacles in both parties. It's, you know, it's several thousand words. I, I don't have time to get into all of it today, but I encourage you to read it just to see. Uh, you know, again, the, this is the mainstream media's take, right? They are trying to figure out a way to get Biden across the finish line. And as you might see, you've ever seen him walking anywhere. It's difficult to do that, right? Like when, when he's shuffling at zero miles an hour, the idea of him getting to any particular finish line is always uh, dodgy. But there was something that, you know, Biden had a plan coming in and they outline it you know, relatively well in this piece, he had a plan coming in to try to actually do something uh, on the border. Now, that something is not the thing that you want done on the border. It's more like letting a lot of people in, but making, uh, making it a lot easier for them to come in and making them easier to, uh, to come in legally. Um, that, of course, is a, 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 a plan that has blown up in his face because you can't have that situation when there's a crisis. And over and over and over again, he's refused to address the crisis, which makes it impossible for anything else to go on down the line. Like if there was only a few hundred people coming in over the, uh, you know, over the border illegally each month, you know, there, there would be certainly, I think, a lot more. Um, I mean, you think about the gang of eight, that type of approach. There would be a lot more appetite for that type of approach if we weren't in a crisis. But what's happened is those people who are typically moderate on the border or maybe even leaning left on the border are like looking at the political realities and saying, I, I, what can I do? 300,000 people across the border every day. I can't do this. I need to go and, and act at least that, like I'm tough on the border. This has backfired so much that now Biden himself has to react that way. With executive authority, is there more you can do? That's all I can do. Just give me the power. I've asked for the very day I got in office. Give me the border control. Give me the people. Give me the people to judge it. Give me the people who can stop this and make it work right. Now this is a blatant and obvious lie. He has not been asking for tighter border security since the day he got into office. In fact, he's dismantled every piece of border security that we have. All the things that Trump put in, he slowly over time after pressure from the left had to release them. Even some of these covid era restrictions that he had to basically let go of. He's gone, done everything he can to make it easier for people to cross the border or to be processed by our authorities. As as it was pointed out to him, um, uh, I can't remember who brought this up. I think it was on the show. I can't remember the show or radio, but 
the, the bottom line was, hey, like Joe Biden has intentionally uh, allowed people to come across the border. Uh, this has been something that he's done. And the reason why they are suing uh, the people of, uh, of Texas who are putting up uh, razor wire is because they see the whole idea of, maybe it was Chuck, maybe it, that's who brought this up. They see the idea of processing illegal immigrants on the border as the goal, not to keep them out. Like the, the country looks at this and says, well, how do we keep people out? We, we, don't, we don't want them in right now. We want them to only come in through the normal legal pathways. And what Biden is saying is, well, I, that's not my goal. My goal isn't to keep people out. My goal is to process them and release them in the country. And therefore, they're allowed in the country for that time. And we can worry about what happens years and years down the line. I mean, probably, honestly, a lot of these appointments are set up for long after Biden will probably be uh, dead and buried. I mean, like this is the type of timeline we're talking about. And while he looks like he's old, he may last many, many years. But that statement is still probably true. Um, so one big reason why migrants are coming in droves is they believe they can stay is the headline from The New York Times. And this is true. Right. We have seen this over and over and over again. And I have the slightest amount of sympathy, honestly, for illegal immigrants coming across the border in this moment. Why? Well, you know, look, we say, well, you're, it's illegal. They should know they shouldn't come across the border. And of course, that's true. However, uh, you know, the U.S. government does everything they can to not call them illegal immigrants, right? They keep saying, you know, well, they're actually not committing crimes. They keep encouraging them. They keep incentivizing them. They keep saying, well, if you come here and you say you need asylum, you'll have a place uh, to, to stay. The, like the, you know, I don't know if you've ever done this, and I'm sure the answer is no. But if you've ever driven down a road and you've dropped about 50 miles an hour and you've gone by, by a sign that says uh, 40 or 35 and you just kept going 50 because you thought, you know what, they I mean, I guess they could give me a ticket, but I'm only five or 10, 15 miles an hour above the speed limit. I'm pretty close. Most likely, if I see the police officer, I can kind of jam on the brakes. Maybe I'm only going eight miles an hour over. They're not going to pull me over for eight miles an hour. That. Because you say that because this is what the government tells you, right? You can go five miles an hour over the speed limit without any problems. And they don't tell you that explicitly, but they tell you that by their actions. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe you've been pulled over for five miles an hour over the limit, but I never have. I feel like that's totally safe territory when I'm driving. They're not, they're not going to pull me over for 45 and a 40. Well, that's how we treat illegal immigration in this country. We say, oh, well, yeah, you're doing 45 over a 40 in a 40. Come on over. Don't worry about it. Now, don't go 60 maybe in a 40 because that's like, you know, hardcore criminal activity. Maybe we catch you on the border with a weapon. There are certain things that we typically do deport people for. But if you come over and you seem kind of nice and you got a family and I don't know, you're only somewhat advocating terrorism against the country, we're going to pretty much let you in. And if you're someone from one of these other countries that think they can make a better life for themselves by taking advantage of our uh, economy uh, coming in here, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the message being sent is quite clear. Sure, the legal, uh, by the letter of the law, we're not supposed to do this, but they don't really care. Look at the way they're treating us. They, they're inviting us. They're telling us. I mean, President Biden, before he was President Biden, got on stage and said, we welcome everybody. City after city after city is saying they're sanctuary cities. They're saying, well, we welcome you. We, you'll have a place with us. Over and over and over and over again, you hear that message, you kind of might think, eh, it's probably not a really big deal, right? I think that's true. And I have the slightest bit, slightest bit of sympathy for people who are making that choice because we're, they're getting at the very best mixed messages from our government. And I would say they're typically getting uh, arguments that incentivize them to come.
Now, Mayorkas is, of course, the, the focal point of all of this right now, and I'm not sure exactly how I feel about that. Honestly, I'm torn. I mean, he does deserve to be impeached. He's done a terrible job. And, uh, you know, just by the fact that his job performance is so bad, he should be out of that office. Though I do wonder if at some level we're directing our ire at him, who is basically just executing the stated border policy of the president. I mean, the president is the one that should be hit with this. In reality, I don't know that it's Mayorkas' fault entirely. He's doing something that is very, very bad, but he's being directed to do that something by someone who's more powerful than him and actually has control of the policy. So at the very least, maybe both of them should go. Um, But uh, it's going to be a very tight vote. Uh, They did impeach him in committee uh, the other day. And uh, there is a a real interesting, you know, uh, idea that this is going to be so tight in the Republican House. They're not going to get any Democratic votes, as we know. You know, Democrats don't fall away from these things. Republicans often do fall away from them. And there's examples of that. The challenge for the GOP leadership is this. If they want to avoid embarrassment on the floor, they need to minimize both Republican defections and absences while the, uh, with the impeachment resolutions coming up for a vote. Speaker Mike Johnson has no room for error with just 219 members of the House Republican Conference. Currently, Two Republicans, and they say just two, but two might be enough, just two Republicans, Representative Tom McClintock from California and Ken Buck of Colorado, are still leaning no on the vote to impeach Mayorkas, uh, or as we know him here, Greek yogurt. Uh, but Buck told us he plans to meet with whole House. Doesn't sound like his name would just be on a, 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 on a cup of Greek yogurt. Mayorkas, uh, 15 grams of protein. Uh, that's how I see it, at least. Um, Uh, Buck told us that he plans to meet with the House Homeland Security Committee Chair Mark Green later this week. We'll see if that has any impact on his vote. Uh, Of course, Senate Democrats, uh, they say, um, you know, look, this is not going to actually go anywhere. The Senate Democrats likely to bury the Mayorkas impeachment. And that's true. And that that brings up a question. Really, this becomes a political decision, right? It's not going to actually get him removed. I think we all know that. But is it worth going forward with anyway? At some level, as I said, you know, I think Biden's the one that should have, I mean, he's the one ignoring congressional mandates. He's the one who's ignoring the law passed by Congress. If the Republican efforts to impeach him go forward as it's tied to his business uh, issues, I think the border should be part of that. I mean, he is just ignoring federal law. He does not have that power. He's, he, the executive branch is actually slightly under the congressional, uh, the legislative branch and Congress. Congress is telling them you have to do this by virtue of the uh, the uh, law that he has. Uh, and they have passed you know, thousands of laws over the years and he's just ignoring them. It's not OK. And he should be impeached. Maybe Mayorkas should be impeached as well on this issue. I think it's an important one. Will the actual votes come down to uh, to it is a big question. And I will say it becomes a political concern, right? Um, I, I would argue, and I think this is where I would settle on this, uh, although we have to see what the articles look like, and there's lots of stuff uh, still uh, still there, what the final package looks like. But what I will say is, you know, it seems to me that, look, you're not going to get Biden impeached anyway doing this. It's important to put the focus on the border And as a political concern, probably the best thing to do is to impeach Mayorkas just so people know 
this is what we're talking about. This is the issue we're talking about. This is the issue we're focused on. These are the issues that you should focus on as you consider making your vote. I think it's legitimate, uh, and he does certainly deserves every little bit of impeachment. It's just a question at this point as to whether it would be beneficial towards Republicans and conservatives who want to actually solve the border problem, or if it would be detrimental. I mean, if this is one of those things that backfires, and this is going to be a tough calculation, but if it's one of those things that backfires on Republicans, well, then there you sit on the other side of this with Biden having maybe four more years. We'll get into that. Who's going to have the four more years, though? Now, this is a question that Glenn and I talked about on radio, and uh, he has an interesting opinion, uh, and he's willing to put his money where his mouth is. We'll get into that with Glenn Beck next. We're importing all sorts of terrible things across the border, like fentanyl. I don't know. Maybe we could import something good. We, we, we're apparently having all sorts of drug shortages across the country. They're near a record high right now. Let's Can we import some actual medication that works? I wouldn't want to take it myself. But maybe it would help these, uh, these shortages a little bit. There's all these shortages. There's all these now. We're talking about medical cancellations. We're talking about rationing of vital medications. Uh, even drugs like you know, basic antibiotics that you could, we always have in America. Well, they're in short supply right now, along with 294 other medications like amoxicillin and so many others. Uh, doctors are even saying they have to, they're having to you know, basically include uh, choosing which patients uh, are prioritized to receive uh, the therapy they need. This is insane. This is supposed to be America. You need the Jace case from Jace Medical. Uh, it's a personalized emergency kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common deadly bacterial infections. You can get your own. You can buy a gift card for your family so that they can get one as well. They can personalize it to their own needs, whatever medications they need. Go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com. The code is Stu at checkout for a discount on your order. Again, the promo code is Stu at jacemedical.com, J. ASEMedical.com. It's the Jace case from Jace Medical. I'm joined now by Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special coming up tonight. Uh, it's 9 p.m. Eastern. Next, if you're watching on Pluto or Blaze TV, it's exposed, shadowy nonprofit targeting Glenn Beck and conservative media. This is a bit self-serving. You're, you're disgusting. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't have anything to do with the title. Okay. I hate that title. You do? Uh, yeah, I do. It is interesting, though, that you are... This is not a story you're reporting on. You're actually in the middle of it. Yeah, uh, the reason why... I mean, this is a really shadowy organization. Um, everybody... It always comes up with people. They'll all say, you know, I hear they're, you know connected with British intelligence. Okay, do you, can you, no, uh-uh, I can't verify, no, mm, mm -mm. So we don't know if they're connected, but we know that um, it seems public-private partnership. We know okay. that they are in public-private partnerships with the government of England, but we don't know that it's intelligence, but we strongly suggest, uh, or it strongly suggests that it is British intelligence. Um, these people are um, uh, named me as one of the real targets of uh, that has to be stopped from disinformation. And I'm thinking, why would a group in England... Right, why would they care what right. you say about disinformation? And it goes right directly to what we have uh, heard from Matt Taibbi uh, and others in testimony that 
the government, some governments are doing work for us and we're doing work for them because we can't spy on our own people. I don't believe that the United States isn't spying on its own people at all. Right. But there's um, legal lines to supposedly prevent that. Correct. So um, I'm exposing this tonight uh, along with some things. We have Jim Jordan on. He's going to be joining me. Um, and Jim is investigating this particular group as well mm. as uh, as some other groups. But it is um, the this nasty little rat hole of people that governments all around the world are teeming with to silence voices that they say are providing disinformation. I say our government and the mainstream media is the largest source of misinformation. It's interesting because the the way to get around this, like we can't supposedly spy on our own people from our government. But the English can. For good reason, we can trade intelligence with the British government that there's that there's a real reason to do that. Mm -hmm. So if they who can spy on our citizens, get that information, find something that's untoward, of course they're going to share it with us. Of course they would. They're good allies. They're our, our greatest ally. And hey, that, we just want you to know there's some disinformation. There's some people online that are doing some things mm -hmm. that we know are not what the administration is looking for. I mean, that might put them in a dangerous category. We have this information we're wondering if we could just transfer it to you because we don't have jurisdiction to do anything about it. And it's really more of a threat to you internally. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Great Britain. You know what we have? <laughs> what? We, we found some people that are going kind of against, you know, that whole king thing that you do. No. Yeah. Why don't we just swap well, we, that information? That's perfect. That works so well. Last time we relied on British intelligence for information, it worked out really well. Yeah. The whole Christopher yeah. Steele thing. Yeah. That was Donald great. Trump was working with the Russians to get peed on and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> so we've learned so much yeah. from this relationship. You know, we talked about this today. Um, there's an article out in, by Matt Taibbi. And if you if you don't get my morning newsletter, where's the camera? There. Get the newsletter. It is it's free. <laughs> And it would give you all of the biggest stories uh, of the day. And what was that my, what's? <laughs> no, I think the camera nodded at you when you, when oh, you okay. went over to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, mm -hmm. um, uh, get the newsletter because it has, you know, 50 to 100 stories every day that we talk about on the air. Some of them we can't get to, but they're really the important stories. This story in today's newsletter, it's free, by the way, um, from Matt Taibbi about um, these shadowy public-private partnerships here in the United States that have threatened anybody from running as a third candidate. It's Democrats and people mm -hmm. loosely associated, you know, with uh, the candidates, et cetera, et cetera. And that threat that I read on the air today is terrifying. If you have one fingernail... Of, uh, of skeleton in your closet. We will find it and we will destroy you. I mean, that, that's a quote. Yeah, they said they didn't do it previously with Jill Stein and uh, who was it, Gary Johnson. Yeah, and, but they but will. We'll, they, we will not make that same mistake this time. Like, right. And they, they sent that letter to Joe Lieberman because he's part of the, you know, no labels, no labels campaign. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Joe Lieberman is the most harmless. I know. <laughs> the nicest, softest spoken guy uh, right. you're ever going to meet. Right. 
And th th they send it to Joe Lieberman and make that kind of threat to the no labels people. That that is we are becoming a fascistic nation with fascistic government public-private partnership. Mm. Uh, one, one quick, uh, before we move on, uh, quick extra sell for the newsletter. If you're one of those people, and this is me, who you want to keep up on the news, you want to know what's going on, but you hate getting stuck on social media scrolling all the time, this is the perfect email newsletter for you because you wind up getting all the stories all at once that you basically need to know. You're going to get all you need and a little bit more probably every single day, and you don't get stuck on Twitter constantly scrolling through 9,000 tweets that you don't care about. It's a great way to kind of get yourself off of that and still be updated every day, and it's, it's so we free. We do that. <laughs> That's, you know, not Twitter per se, but, you know, that is one of the sources that we have people that do that for you, so you don't have to do yeah, that. Yeah. And it's all categorized and tells you, you know, economy, politics, election, everything. It's a really good resource. Yeah, um, thank you. And it's free at glenbeck.com, so make sure to sign up for that. Um, I want to talk to you about, because you, you're going to have some financial problems coming up. Uh, you're about to lose a $1,000 bet that you made uh, on the air with me. This happened on radio today. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the bet, basically, let me give you the terms here. And then, <clears throat> Glenn, I want to get, you, want to get your mm -hmm. explanation as to why you took this position. Mm -hmm. The bet is I took the position that Joe Biden would be the Democratic nominee for president. When you would come to November, Joe Biden's on that ticket. And he's actually, and he's it's actually not like there. he's it's, on it, it because it. it was printed already. Right, exactly. Right. Uh, you took the position that the person on the top of that ticket would be Michelle Obama. Can you explain yourself? Because, I mean, people would say, wait a minute, like Biden's already on his way to the nomination. How does Michelle Obama make this happen? Okay, so let me clarify. Um, I think there are several things that... Uh, have to happen. One, Joe Biden has to continue to go downhill to where he's like talking to a bowl of soup. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, his poll numbers have to be out of whack with Donald Trump. There has to be at least a three or maybe, I think I'm comfortable over five, five right. to seven points. Right now points. it's about four point gap Yeah. Right so now. I'm, I'm comfortable with five to seven or eight mm -hmm. once we get up there because you can't, you can't fake nine percent okay, okay. Mm -hmm. um and uh you know if it's but if it's you know two points either way uh, you know there'll be there could be cheating that goes on on either side i'm not making any point it is just you so won't know they the democrats have to be number one convinced that joe biden is going to lose this election correct then they have several options if they're convinced that he's going to lose this election then you have a couple of options uh, you have ride it out and just roll the dice. Okay. I think that happens if it's a two-point spread. Sure. If they're okay? close enough, they yeah, think maybe the media can push them over yeah. the edge, all their, Correct. All their money, get out to everything vote campaigns. Else. Correct. Sure. Um, but I don't think if they're, if they're five points behind, I just don't think they ride it out. The next thing you do is he resigns and says, you know, and they're like, he's been very happy to be here and he's going home to Delaware forever. Mm -hmm. um, then you're left with, wait a minute, Kamala? So write it out. The next thing is put Trump in jail. That's the next choice. Make him a pariah, put him in jail cause that chaos, make sure he can't get elected because we've smeared him so badly, okay? Mm -hmm. 
The next one uh, after that uh, is hope that lightning strikes Trump at the top of his head and, uh, you know, maybe he goes away, <laughs> you know, hit by a bus. After that, you say, Kamala, not a chance, not a chance you're going to run Kamala Harris. No Democrat likes her. She's absolutely unlikable and unqualified. Now, she'd be great as a shadow president, you know, somebody who's just like Joe Biden is. If we want to continue that, maybe. But if you want to win, you need somebody that can step up. And it's not Gavin Newsom. Who is it? The only one that is could win. You could put money down on the table and go, yep, a winner, Michelle Obama. So, so you have a lot of ifs built into this. But, I mean, it is a plausible theory of what could happen if those things come true. Yeah. If you have massive chaos in the street, you know, maybe they would say, we're going to delay. But I don't think they would ever delay. I, I can't imagine that happening in America. We have to delay elections until things calm down. Not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, outside we, of a nuclear attack of right. some sort. We could have massive chaos on the streets. I expect it probably after the election, no matter which way uh, it goes. I mean, um, I hope to God that doesn't happen. But I just don't think he's capable of making it and winning. And Kamala doesn't make anybody feel better. <laughs> no, yeah. no. So than, and, and you know. I think, you know, the, we're we're <laughs> if we strike Iran back and we hit them hard, which I don't think we will. But if we hit them hard, how many Islamic terrorists do we have in the country now? If they're smart, they will stay quiet until after the election. But I mean, we could have anything happen to us in the next few few months. You want a sure deal? Michelle Obama. Is she, let me ask separately, is she a sure deal? In the short term, yes. You think that if she is, let's say, the, the, the rumor was May, they were going to make this sort of decision. And she, let's say she's put in at the convention, which is, I think, what, July? August, I think. Uh, July or August, yeah. So that happens. That's three months of Michelle Obama on television talking to you about her views. Is that a sure thing for America? I think you have to do very few interviews. Mm -hmm. You have to do... Just keep her on script. You can keep her on script, I think, for three months. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't think you can do it longer than that. Um, but, look, she's very, very popular. You know, and she's going to come out and say, I didn't want to run. I don't want to run. Right. I don't want anything to do with all of this stuff. Right. But I feel as a mom, I have to. And so she does. And then her excuse is she's not going on the road. She's not going to do it. She knows she has to earn the vote. But she's not going to do all these interviews and all this stuff because that's just not who she is. I mean, it's it's plausible. I, I will say uh, I feel like I got good value on this bet. Like, I feel like I'm in the good position as far as, you know, this is a bet. We, we did it with even odds. We did it with, you know, the way we uh, set this up, I think, is is good for me. I'm, so I was happy to take yeah. it. But I can't say I'm not. A little nervous. Like, I, can't I, can't say, say I can't say that I'm happy to make that bet. I mm -hmm. hope I lose that $1,000. Mm. I hope, actually, because I made this bet, you know me, every time I'm for somebody who's going to be president, mm -hmm. uh, they don't win. If I'm against you, 
somehow or another you win. I'm for Michelle Obama <laughs> being the candidate. There you go. Glenn Beck, uh, gambling extraordinaire and yeah. also host of the Glenn Beck program. He is, of course, coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's exposed, shadowy nonprofit targeting Glenn Beck and conservative <laughs> media. So stay tuned. And really pl- you, everybody. Everybody, conservative Everybody. voters. They didn't name me yeah. specifically, so, I mean, you know, <laughs> well, I, I got out of it somehow. Got to be somebody. Yeah, that's true. I think that's probably the case. <laughs> BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Use the promo code Stu. You'll save 20 bucks off your subscription. Glenn, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Cori Bush is in a little bit of trouble now, isn't she? Uh, The Justice Department is conducting an investigation into whether Representative Cori Bush mishandled campaign funds, including when she hired her romantic partner, who is now her husband, to provide her with security services. Now, I I mean, like, look, I'm not uh, you're going to be surprised to hear this. I'm not exactly Dolph Lundgren. But I will say, like, isn't that kind of part of your job as a husband? Like, <laughs> you need to get paid for that? Like, part of your job as a husband is to do what you can uh, to protect your wife. I know I'm in these uh, toxic masculinity times, but I thought that was kind of part of the deal. In a statement on Tuesday, Ms. Bush says she was fully cooperating with the Justice Department investigation. She says, before I went into office, I have endured relentless threats to my physical and safety and life. Uh, As a rank and file member of Congress, I am not entitled to personal protection by the House and instead have used campaign funds as permissible to retain security services. I have not used any federal dollars for personal security services. Any reporting that I have not that I've used federal funds for personal security is simply false. Now, is that true? We don't know. That's what this investigation is apparently going to try to find out. It could just be campaign funds. Still really weird to take campaign funds and dish them off to your husband uh, for, uh, you know, or your hookup or whatever it was at the time for uh, security services. That's just a strange thing. But, of course, she's done many strange things. And we were talking about the story off the air. And I said we were going back and forth uh, talking about uh, the, the idea that didn't we talk about this story already? Didn't we already talk about her giving uh, tens of thousands of dollars in some shady security arrangement? And, and the answer to that was yes. Yes, we did. However, it wasn't her boyfriend we were worried about. It was the other guy she was ditching money to for, for bodyguard services. And I said, that's right. It, we did a show called Stu Does Cory Bush's Bodyguard. And, and I kind of remembered some of the details of it, but it's been about a year since we did that show. So I said to my producer, can you just write me up a little summary of what we talked about in this episode? And I want to read this for you Word for word, because it is chef's kiss. Uh, From March 10th, 2023, Stu does Cori Bush's bodyguard. Between 2020 and 2022, Cori Bush paid over $130,000 for security services to Nathaniel Davis, who claims to be a 109 trillion year old spiritual guru named Aha Sen Pianki. Despite a history of wild anti-Semitic remarks while with the new new Black Panther Party, such as claiming that the Rothschild family secretly rules the world and will bring about Armageddon in the city of Pi, not like like slices of Pi, but like P.I., Davis claims it is impossible for him to be anti-Semitic due to him being a member of the tribe of 
is uh, Isaacar, one of the lost tribes of Israel? Well, obviously. Uh, Davis believes his anger can create tornadoes, hurricanes, and water spouts because his emotions are tied to nature, and he practices a science that he personally created known as nature alchemy. He believes he can receive information from the spirit realm through trances, and while he's not currently, and he admits this, he is not currently able to walk on water, he will be soon because it's a science known as levitation. And this is the last sentence in the write-up of this particular show. He believes he can make people's teeth fall out of their mouths. And I will say, as a security concern, this is actually a pretty powerful skill. You know, someone's walking towards you, they're about to stab you or something, and right before they start, all of their teeth fall out of their mouth, they're totally distracted. You're going to get away easily, I would say, with that. And if it doesn't work, you can always throw a water spout or a tornado at them. So I will say this expenditure seems more legitimate than her other one to her, her lover. I will say if a guy can get teeth to fall out of their mouths when they come at you, that person's worth the 130 grand, right? I mean, I think we can all agree on that one. But you can go back and check that show out. Uh, it's Stu does Corey Bush's bodyguard. Uh, we have video of him saying almost all of these things. So it's a show you should go back and check out. We have a brand new State of the Race podcast coming out on Friday, and we're going to go into a, a bunch of different stuff that I think you're going to be interested in as it comes to what does this election really look like right now and what are the different factors that are going to move the needle one way or another. One of those factors is RFK Jr. Now, he, of course, ran as a Democrat, really had more support from Republicans uh, while he was in the Democratic primary. Part of that was like the idea that you want some chaos over on the Repub uh, Democratic side. He winds up dropping out of the Democratic primary and is now running as an independent. Um, what's interesting about what's happening now are two things. One is the money he's getting is largely coming from the right. You're seeing more Republican donors. Uh, RFK Jr. is still drawing more backing from Trump donors, even as an independent. And What's happening is he's getting this money from the right. However, and this actually makes some sense, right? Polling is showing by a small margin, RFK Jr. is pulling more people from Biden than he is from Trump. Now, it's pretty close. I don't know how much you can read into that. But I think the way you can read into that deeper is that these donors are still throwing money at RFK Jr. If they thought this was going to kill Trump, they likely wouldn't be doing it. But they are doing it, and that's because I think they believe that this in the long run will actually hurt Joe Biden a little bit more. Now, there's still polls showing him at 14 and 18 percent in the general election. I've told you many times I don't believe that's where he will end up. I think it will be lower than that. But he doesn't need to be at 18 percent to make an impact in this uh, election. I mean, 5 percent in the right state is going to make a big, big difference. Um, also, uh, if you're worried about the election being stolen or there's all sorts of foreign influence going on, don't worry about that. President Xi has promised President Biden that uh, China won't interfere. So you got that going on for you, which is nice.
Earlier in the week, we released a new commercial for Sanctuary City. Yes, Sanctuary City. It is available now on our YouTube page. And a lot of people kept saying, hey, you know, I see it's over on YouTube. You got to post this over on Instagram so we can share it uh, to, for everybody over on Instagram. And uh, you said that, and then we just li listened to you. That's how we do it, because we don't really know what we're doing. So when you ask for stuff like that, we'll just pretty much do it. Instagram.com slash America. Head there right now. You can check it out on our page. Uh, if you like what we're putting out, please follow. Give us a couple likes and spread the word. Uh, I think you'll like uh, the ridiculousness of our sanctuary cities. It's a brand new advertisement for America's illustrious sanctuary cities on Instagram right now.